Hey, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Rushing Forward. What episode is this? Okay. Hey, you're listening to another episode of the Rushing Forward podcast. Um, today we have Vipo. He is a documentation specialist and OSS developer. Hey, Vipo. Hi. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's my pleasure. I mean, I'm reading. I think this is probably the longest bio I've read. Like you're doing so much good. So like apart from contributing to open source for the last four years, which is amazing, he organizes a ton of meetups in Delhi, and he has his own documentation initiative called Mixta. Did I say that right? Mixta. Right. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I was doing some research on Docker and Kubernetes and I saw this really dope post you wrote on Mixta. And now it's just clicking that you're the person who wrote that. <laughs> so thank thank you for that. Thank you. So, so yeah, I mean, um, so he set up Mixta and it helped him go on a path towards financial independence. And he's also done google summer of code which is an amazing program that i failed to get into because it's super tough and very soon he'll be starting his remote role as a software developer congratulations first thank of all thank you <laughs> and thank and thank you for mixta but uh, tell me about the financial independence thing what, what's that about how did that idea come up right so um in the beginning i thought about myself as an uh, what can we really do to you know um, the first aim, I would say, was not to be financial independent, but, you know, go towards it, uh, make a living, you know, get uh, a little more independent in what I spend at or, um, you know, taking money from parents, that that sort of thing, not, not that big. So I thought, um, you know, for some ways where we can work independently as students, as freelancers, on part-time jobs, that, you know, can help you folks that are listening to save money and you know get financially independent so one thing that really helped me was i really loved writing documentation so uh, how did that start by the way right so um, this was the time where i was contributing to a project called open ebs and i was contributing to that documentation um, there was some uh, summer hack fest running so it, it's it's sort of mm. like uh, hacktoberfest but it happens in summers, one happens in winters, it's specific to open EBS only. So they were doing it and I was checking out their documentation and I thought this could be very much improved and uh, this could be better. So I started contributing to it. Um, along the lines, um, when the final PR was made, it was like um, 15 to 20,000 lines of documentation changed. And that's when I realized, yeah, right, I, I like writing documentation and uh, after a few months of you know going into open source and writing documentation for several pro other projects, I realized what um, Joker from Batman helped us realize is, is that if you are good at something, you don't do it for free. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's where I started with writing documentation. So um, with open source, I never had the ideology of making money out of it. But mm. with open source, I think it gives you a lot of experience which can help you then later in getting money out of your skills. So open source actually 
became the groundwork for all the experience that I have in documentation and code. Um, even if uh, like in programs like Google Summer of Code that I've done and uh, internships that I've taken or projects that I've been part of, they all have been part or they have all been because of open source and the work that I've done. So yeah, documentation was also something that started there, uh, including writing code. So um, then uh, Google Summer of Code, you have to write your own documentation of the projects you do. So yeah, I, I started building through that. I tried different you know techniques to write documentation, what worked, what didn't. And that's where Mixter started. So Mixter started as a blog and you know just a blog where I could write down my own thoughts and uh, where did the name come from by the way it's a very interesting name <laughs> yeah so um, yeah i was thinking to write a blog post on this as well uh, as in the five year anniversary when when it happens so on mixter is actually i do a thing like uh, you can actually see when the bird is when when the when it all started so with mixter what happened was um, i was thinking you know what to name the blog and i think Everyone thinks that. Um, even with the podcast rushing forward, I think you would have thought of it with some, uh, you know, some uh, inspiration regarding what your podcast will be called or what your blog is called. So I wanted to yeah, mix, definitely. mix my thoughts. And um, I was thinking of a name and a lot of them came up. But um, I think Mixture came up with, you know, thoughts that I... I really liked ma making mixtapes. So ca have you seen like cassettes or mixtapes that are made? So in the yeah. in the younger days, I've made a lot I of mean, mixtapes. I mean, you still do that? Yep. Oh, okay. When you're young. That's interesting. So yeah, there's a section called mixtapes. And um, yeah, that's where Mixture actually came up. That, you know, I can mix things around. It will be around tech. It will be around documentation. It will be around experiences that I have, um, conferences that I attend, or, you know, just personal stuff sometimes where I just wrote a blog regarding, you know, thanking everyone in my life or in the year. So I do a blog called Acknowledgementations. Um, it's a yeah. word that I make up. It's a 24-letter <laughs> word. And yeah, it's a blog about thanking everyone um, that I've met throughout the year, uh, people that have helped me. Uh, a lot of people are there in the blog, uh, that one. And that's what Mixter is all about. You mix a lot of personal stuff, technical work that you are doing. You know, you are documenting your life. That's what I like to call personal blogs. And yeah, if you are listening, I think a blog is a really great place or a really great thing to make because um, most of the recruiters and most of the company or the HR people really like to read blogs. If you are trying to, if they are trying to know someone that they are trying to hire. Do they? Yeah, uh, uh, actually, uh, what I realized was, I am not sure that everyone does, but uh, mm -hmm. the company that I'm going to, they read like 20 of my blog posts, and that's that's before I was first shortlisted. So I, I really, you know, I, I really appreciate that when, you know, the human resources people or the hiring team is actually really interested in the candidate, and they're reading links from the resume that you have given them or you know trying to see how the person really is because um, as as we are coming next to you know getting a remote role i think that is really critical um, to you know get to know the person before and since exactly. you don't have a physical contact you never see the person really 
um, I think it's really critical, both in open source and in remote positions and remote, as in the companies that are working 100% remote, that they actually know the person really well. So, yeah, um, that, that's how everything, I think, started. Uh, financial independence. I mean, yeah. Mixer is pretty interesting. Uh, sorry to cut you off. So I just went on the front page and I've seen like the first post is dabbling with uh, React at React India. Yep. And I'm looking at that picture. Is that where we had dinner? Yep, that, that's the one. <laughs> Was that after Vishwa and I left? Oh, oh, Vishwa is in there, I guess. No. Uh, no. I'm not sure. Because yeah, the, that, that photo was actually clicked in the very last and yeah i really love ah, that that's probably why yeah uh, yeah it's a really nice photo i'm i'm sad i missed out i need to photoshop us in there somewhere <laughs> go for it i will I'll send you the anyway <laughs> please do thanks anyway so like financial independence this is a wordpress site right how did that how did that happen right so um i've also been writing about as um uh, right now as in my college life is ending and uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy about how it went by. So I have been helping out a lot of my juniors and you know people who want to know how you know you can come across financial independence for yourselves as well. Uh, one of the things that really worked out is is starting something where you are good at, and then helping other people come in and then forming a team. So something of a framework that I've built that I've been trying to, you know, help out with others as well, is with Mixter, what I started with is um, that I'm pretty good at documentation. And it's in a very Mm. simple term. I'm pretty good at documentation. So why not I help startups and organizations, but not not just as a freelancer, how about I make a team out of it? So you can get more people involved in your work. Um, Juniors that are really good at technical writing, blogs, that could be good with documentarians as well uh, as a role um, and then you can contact startups or oss organizations that you have connections in that you have a good network with and you can say yeah i can write you this part of documentation and we can charge you this much as a team and that's where your revenue or your financial independence grows because once you in freelancers what i feel like in freelancing you get only a task or you get only a fixed amount of work and that's done. And if the if the deal goes right or the, if the deal doesn't go right, you might not get a you know regular form of work. So with having a team like Mixer or building a team like Mixer is really great for financial independence because you have people to depend on. You can take up multiple projects and you can have multiple sources of income. And I think that really worked out because uh, in Mixer, we have about a team of 10 now. And we are working on two or three. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you can check out that post called Humans of Mixter on the blog. And that's everyone um, in our team, you know, working. Um, I have hired some of my friends who are lawyers or who are accountants to, you know, handle all the office work. Mixter is in no way a company or a startup. It's just an initiative, like I call it. Um, we are helping write better documentation for the web. And that's what we like to do. We just want to have good documentation and not all that formality of, you know, having contracts, having NDAs that are between startups or we don't want to provide a service. Rather, we just want to help out and do contract work where um, 
people can have a regular source of income and they can have a you know a regular form of work as well because documentation cannot be done uh, it can be done in 15 days but it it won't be that good it it is a, it a documentation is a living document which has to be continuously maintained and so goes for technical content that we write blogs that we write um documentation references uh, we we do lot of technical work with uh, content writing and uh, a team with a team like mister you can really rely on that yeah if you are not there someone else can handle your work and you can work on something else and that way you can have a good base for financial freedom and other things come along which i talk about yeah definitely it sounds like a really good system for gaining not like gaining both experience and you know some sort of financial independence yep. how long have you been doing this by the way right mixer uh, mixer i think started out um in 2017 uh, early 2017 um and when it started out it was just a blog where i didn't even advertise on you know wordpress or something because i just wanted to uh mixter is what i call it as mixter is my uh, corner place of the internet so it's my corner of the internet and i going to i'm going to host what i want um if people are going to read it it's fine if they are not then it's fine as well and that's the ideology i think i feel like that's such a good approach yeah um uh, and that's the ideology i think um, everyone should follow when they are starting off with a blog because you cannot expect a thousand visitors on your first day maybe you can if you are you know pretty famous but uh, when you are starting out <laughs> think very small think or lower your expectations below average and then start growing up uh, see how your first five blogs do um think about how you are writing how you can improve check out other blogs for inspiration check out other articles that you know people write so uh, what i really suggest in documentation as well as in technical content to other people is uh, when you are reading documentation and when you are reading blogs you read it once for the content and you read it another time you know going uh, through it very fast uh, for reading it like how it's written or to read the style into it like how the paragraphs are done how gifs are being placed how images are oh that's uh, something i'm learning yeah. i'll start doing that i usually only read once <laughs> as in uh, yeah if you can read it once very carefully you can actually see like some people are placing gifs so what's the caption and how they are referencing it to their content because people actually really like if you if you see about the psychology of the reader they actually love to see gifs and photos um good headings so if you can make that right then you can you know hook them into the article and once they are hooked then they you have your you have their attention for 5 6 minutes and that's when you can make it count you know little by little improvements and yeah that that's that's how it goes i think you know with starting off mixed um later on i um, started contributing to projects as well when mixed was just a blog and then later i realized yeah, you can we can go for something bigger than this like even if i'm doing freelance documentation writing it was not that impactful i would say i was not getting big projects and you know big projects as in um, a project where we have to you know build documentation from the scratch so we are writing mm-hmm. documentation right now for firecamp it's a api agnostic tool where you can you know test apis something something similar to postman but a lot of more features with that it 
suppose GraphQL, it suppose APIs, and we are writing documentation for it. Actually, Vishwa and I were writing documentation for it. And uh, yeah, yeah we, I've seen Firecamp. It's a pretty interesting uh, product. Yep. I'm yet to play around with it though. Yeah, we we um, so that was um, another project that we did with Scratch, and I think writing documentation from Scratch is a very um, insightful work or very challenging as in it requires a lot of design process as in how you are going to build your documentation, how readers are going through it um, and it takes a lot of team effort. So yeah, um, if you don't have a team working with you on a project or if you are working alone, then the dividend or the return of investment is not that big. It's like marginally marginally bigger what you anticipated but if you are doing it with your team i think you can have a lot of distributed uh, work being done you can work on two three projects at once you can um, have a lot of revenue streams coming in yeah definitely i mean in your three years of doing mixta i mean there must have been so much that you've you've learned and experienced even just from writing or just being a freelancer all the way to organizing a team and you know solving problems and conflict resolution what have some of those been right um i i like to as in with freelance what i really like in the network i guess that you know the people that i know who have been freelancing uh, freelancers are usually people who can work on task or you can they can work on trivial tasks where uh, people cannot be hired full time rather a freelancer or a very expert person can come in and do the work faster more efficiently and naturally with higher pay i guess and uh, that's that's in my uh, my mind is freelance the right way and yeah <laughs> and the people yeah what what is that freelance the right what is the right way to freelance so I think from my experience, it's very, um, it's very network driven. Yep. Like you have to know people or you have to make effort to find out what people are doing because you never know where your next gig might come from. Right. Right. What, what, what's your opinion on freelance the right way? I totally agree on that. As in um, networking has helped me a lot through the years. Uh, community meetups or working in open source, both online and offline, you know, going to conferences. I think um, even if you are, you know, just uh, making your mark or, you know, getting that first um, first hand in, like, yeah, I'm a freelancer and if you have a job, just let me know. So people remember you that way. And if they have seen your work and if they have a, you know, little figment of um, segment of knowledge about what you work in or how good you are then they remember you and i think that has helped out a lot in the past that uh, if i talk about it in conferences then at least if i'm talking with 20 people uh, one of them can have a friend which needs help with a task that needs to be done and that's how it goes i think in freelance um, freelancing the right way is a lot of networking and one of the uh, very uh, one thing that I really focus on is being the best in the field is mm. you, you don't have to be the best right at the start, but you have to aspire to be the best because uh, both in something that I've noticed in the design community and freelance is that the, the people that are extremely good at freelance and as a, in, in design and documentation are never people 
who are hired full time or they are hired full time but they are always busy with other work and if you are very good at something you do get a lot of roles or you do get a lot of positions and if you talk to them like how they have gone on their journeys most will reply that they have started small they have networked they have gotten good work done and now they have showcased it well on their blogs or on their uh, public forums so you can showcase it on twitter you can talk about it you can help other people they have mentored as well so all of that you know comes around and helps you a lot with you know getting the best in your own field and it can be a very small field it could be testing it could be um, documentation it could be artwork that you design or it is just product designing but if you are very good at one small field that is extremely niche and cannot be automated then i think mm. you are pretty good for you know working ahead in the in the freelance field where you can get a lot of gigs um, there is always a open source or a or a full time offer standing for you and yeah you can have a very comfortable position in life where you pick up the projects that you like you like rather than the other way around and it, i mean it's funny you say that because yeah. <laughs> i think the general opinion around freelancing is the instability and yep. the lack of constant income i guess mm-hmm. and that's why most people at least previously preferred to be in full time jobs that were much safer but i think with the younger generations mm-hmm. it's i think that um that flexibility and the ability to choose what you work on because i think there's a lot that comes into play when you're choosing what you work you want to work for mm-hmm. um a company that's good ethically you want to work for a company that you know has a product that you that you you know you align with or aligns with your values and i think it's 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 nice to see that a lot more people are going into freelancing yep. but i mean saying that and then hearing you say you're going into a full-time position mm-hmm. why why did you why yeah. did you why did you make that switch oh right yeah um yeah i would totally agree i guess um freelancing is not for the faint hearted uh, if you don't do like stability, <laughs> definitely not if you do like stability and if you have been liking your full-time job or full-time roles i think um you know freelancing would be a very uh, honest or bitter truth that you have to confront because freelancing is just um freelancing is like uh, the grass always looks greener on the other side and if you see other freelancers working they are pretty good at their fields so um some of the freelancers that are working right now are working as consultants and they can work who, as a- who are your favorite freelancers so like freelancers who inspire you i have been um, talking to some of them um in the documentation field where we have this community right write the docs and most of the people mm-hmm. in write the docs community are uh, full time are embedded in their full time roles and are also consultants to other companies so which i really like yeah i noticed where, um people if they, if they have experience they can actually you know work towards being consultant in roles where they have the you know that thrill of freelancing but also a very good genuine uh, safety of a job as well so that's what you know persuaded me to come into an open source as an to come into a full time role as well i think uh, people people like stability i think humans humans really like inertia where we like to be where we are we don't want to be moved <laughs> as as that's uh, true as the isolation is proving right now and 
yeah uh, i think the stability part where uh, people can have a very good one source of income where they are getting and then they can dabble with other work and i think that's what everyone should have with freelancing what i really like um, that you can build with freelancing is having a good remote experience so um, one of the things that i really wanted to discuss is um, how you can get a remote role as a fresher and it it's quite tough in the market that is today um with some with all of the companies are going remote and a lot of companies you know freezing their hiring I, we have been reading so many tweets about that where companies are rescinding offers or rescinding internship offers that have been given to students um it's it's quite a difficult time for all of us i guess but if you are looking for a remote role um I think one of the critical things that companies really like to see is not your skills. Skills do come in play very well. Um, yes, you have. I feel like communication is really big right. for remote roles. Yeah, and uh, and your ability to communicate. I I agree. As in, um, some of the companies really like to see that if you are very good as a people person, or if you can work alone, and if you can you know communicate well online, asynchronously. So um, how do you prove that as a fresher? some of the major challenges that i have faced in my interviews is how do you go on to prove that you are good at working remote and um, remote is quite challenging um, if you have dedicated your you know time in working remote you know uh, very very strictly with discipline with schedule where you know like yeah i will dedicate 3 hours to you know working on this issue and i will do nothing else and you know having sit down for 3 hours working productively working in focus i think it's a very critical part of working remotely because you don't have a person above you you know constant you are not working in an office um beside uh, you yeah no. it takes home. a lot of discipline you're you're in your home you're comfortable you might just switch on your favorite show or you go out for a snack anything can happen like, like there are so many distractions mm-hmm. just looking outside and uh, how do you prove that to recruiters how do you prove that to companies that yeah you can you know you can get stuff done and i think that comes a lot with freelance because freelance is a lot like remote work where not the critical not the critical aspects are at play but the the little things that actually companies really like to see is how you communicate how you can work alone how you can work independently how you can solve problems asynchronously where asynchronously is a, a term that i have learned as well you know right now where people where teams that are working all over the world have to like some say like daniel has a question for me but uh, daniel is another time zone and i am in another time zone so daniel has to pose that question in his time zone and has to wait for me to wake up until that can daniel be productive or can daniel continue working on the issue that he was working with uh, so that's where it comes into play a lot more where companies really judge you or cannot not judge you but you know assess you on those skills that yeah i can you be effective alone and in a remote environment and you have to prove yeah. that you know how to how you can show that experience how you can show that communication and with remote roles i think um, i read a statistic i think just recently that most roles are most remote roles are filled with referrals so almost all uh, roles are f- uh, filled by referrals by 40% on average and most of them like 7% of people that come through those roles are referrals only so in remote in a remote working environment people are 
really focused on hiring good people that have already have working who have experience working remote and mm. don't usually as in companies don't usually go for uh, people who don't have any remote experience so how you can as a student what we can talk about is how you can actually gain that experience and uh, yeah how do you break that barrier how do you jump into working remotely how do you convince someone that you can do it one of the um, one of the i think major things that worked out for me was open source so think about open source as say you have been giving a full time role and just contribute to open source that's your full time role and how do you do that is just how you would work in a company which is 100% remote is that you handle the issues that are coming in you chat with people on community channels and you get work done you ask questions and you still wait asynchronously because it's not synchronous communication in an office space like um, there is a person not standing right next to you you have to wait for that yeah. answer. you have to wait for that thing that they can assist you with or something else so you have to keep on working and i think remote is a really great place for everyone who's listening and want to have a remote job uh, open source is a great way to you know prove your skills and have a good base for starting up where you can really show like yeah i've been contributing to open source um effectively i have uh, worked on these features so open source works with two ways um it shows how you're good with your written communication and that is to asynchronously and open source also is a very good evidence or a very good uh, do- living document for all your skills so everything that you have built, yeah like you know, hey, i've done i've worked and contributed to this project like yeah. my work is very public and everyone can see it i really like that about open source too yeah i think it really helps and uh, people who are just starting in can jump into open source and get experience there open source i would say is a good experience but one of the things that you can actually work towards is how you network with the people so getting a first remote role is as i said you know a lot dependent on referrals and if you have a good mm. referral it's quite easy then you have that actually uh, in remote jobs what i have heard from recruiters and what i have i i also headhunt so i headhunt for a company called stackraft and we have been you know finding people for remote jobs and i've been you know also learning from other recruiters you know get some inside information how do you actually you know find your next remote candidate and what they have is like most companies they go for referrals but then the recruiter has to also check that the remote experience is you know really strong really he, the person has really worked hard in open source and in remote if the company is yeah. open source so um, what i really recommend is having a good network of people who can help you in you know getting gigs in getting gigs remotely or getting part time jobs remotely anything that can help even uh, remote internships if you can get one i think helps a lot in your resume where you know just companies have to be sure that you can work well in a remote environment and if you can show that through them and then skills come later but if you can at least show them that you have the experience to work remotely then i think the question comes on skills but i think you have at least if you can clear that round that first round of you know shortlisting that's a major win because uh, not many people get because then that. you know you're doing something right yeah? yeah at least you are getting something right and then you have to work on skills i think then the, i think working on skills is way easier than <laughs> getting shortlisted from that first round um Mm. you apply to 100 companies and only um, one you know respond back and 
that means that you're doing something right some in some way that you can improve but yeah you're at least doing some way something right where 10 reply or 15 starts replying even if they are rejecting you with a custom feedback which is a major win in today's world <laughs> people uh, uh, yeah true i love that but i mean i'm happy i see more companies giving custom feedback yeah. uh, away from the usual copy and paste or not really copy and paste i would appreciate copy and paste because there would be like human effort Mm -hmm. but it's just an automated response they probably click in like some some crm saying this dude this person no and then they send that oh sorry we're not moving ahead with you that hurts like what did i do wrong like i need to know so that i can improve like like you said the skills part right and somewhere down the line if if the person is actually sending your response I would really like if everyone listening, you know, replies them back and say, like, if you have any feedback for me, I'm trying to get a remote role or I'm trying to get a role at a profile similar to this. And maybe and just maybe they will help you out. And whatever they say, even if it's a sentence, it's really something that you should work out because uh, yeah. recruiters are I, I, I have worked on the other side as well. Um, with freelancing work, I've worked on very many diverse roles, and I really like that for freelancing. I've worked on project man, product management, documentation, recruiting, growth, um, DevRel as well, a little bit. And yeah, it, it is a good mixture of work that I've done. And you know, um, something to realize here with recruiting is um, recruiters or HR, the human resources people are human as well. And if you can, yeah. if you can give them time, if you can ask them for their feedback, I think they would be really insightful in what they tell you about your job application. Um, even if you have narrowly mixed your selection process, then too you can you know talk to them. Like yeah, what, what, like how can I improve? Be positive about it. Um, maybe they will reply, and if they reply, do take it seriously. As in, it helps out a lot. Uh, where people reply and you take in all that feedback and then you improve and it helps out a lot you know with your personal growth as well and with the next applications that you submit i think it will help you out as well so um, experience working remotely along with that i would say next if we come to skills i guess um, the the same thing i think a lot of people on twitter also say that um, yeah you have some jobs like uh, on uh, python or ruby on rails and or for a junior role as well they are asking for two three years of experience or five six years of experience or a software developer role which sometimes is not feasible um perfectly agree on that um and if you can you know get over that imposter syndrome that you have that yeah um maybe maybe if i just try for this role what bad could go on and that's where I would suggest, you know, just go for it. Uh, like the the worst that can happen is that you get rejected. And the worst that... Yeah, true. I mean, we, we, we forget that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of motivation that I like to give. Um, yeah, it helps out um, with remote uh, job searching because in remote as well, um, something that a trend has been changing in the recruiting or the HR side as well is that they are getting a lot of applications a ton of applications more i would say like um I yeah so how do you filter how do you get the quality people the people that not necessarily quality but the people that align with your vision as a company and who could do the job to the best of its description i guess yep 
is that improving? And that's my question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Um, so I have been reading some statistics. I think Hotjar was, I think I read a report or Hotjar or was it Zapier? And Zapier has is a very good remote guy. So I just sent out a tweet. It's fully remote, huh? Yeah. Zapier is 100% remote. So is GitLab, so is Joyist. And uh, all a lot of these companies have a very good remote working guide. So I just, you know, uh, I think a few days back I tweeted about, you know, having a, a good, you know, two, three guides of working remote. So I was writing my own guide, you know, uh, it's called N Honest Truths About Working uh, Remote. And it's a community edition where people, you know, just suggest to me, or when I see a tweet about, you know, a good, honest advice about working remote, I add it to my blog. And uh, something that I really like with Zapier and something that I really like with GitLab even is um, how they select their people and how their HR team works together with their engineering team to fulfill requirements for the, you know, for the vacancy that they are searching for. So um, I think GitLab has a very definitive procedure, but a lot of it comes down to round one where you segregate about, you get like 2000 to 3000 applications. And that's an easy yeah. guess. Um, 2,000 applications for a very big company like GitLab is quite easy. They get a lot of applications. And how do you make the best out of yours? Is I think the one easy way is referral, where if you have a person knowing you in that company and knows you well, then he can refer you really honestly to the team and you can get through that first round. And like I said, getting through that first round is a major win. What else you can actually do is... I would say, um, you know, work on the company's open source stuff. So some ways that I have really, you know, uh, increased that. that but I, that's, that's quite a big investment to get into for as in very, some, I, I would say. Like, I mean, you, you're not sure if you get it, right? I mean, it depends also. True. Is this like your dream company or, or do you just really need a job? I would say... Um, Actually, actually, I would say working in open source is never a bad thing. So if mm-hmm. the company is working in a stack that you like, and if you're contributing, don't do it for getting a job, I would say. Yeah. Because that way, you never have the right motivation for open source. You do open source because you like to do it and you're contributing to you know help out the community. And if in that, some people or maintainers find a spark in you, maybe they can contact you for a role. So what's bad in that? Yeah, but I see that with a lot of people these yeah. days, especially when they preach the the gospel of open source per se, and they're like, hey, open source can be a good thing to elevate your career path or, you know, help with career progression mm-hmm. and upskill. And it makes, or it, it, I think it makes something trigger in people's heads and, and then they're like, okay, open source is like directly correlated to my career growth. And if I do open source, I'm going to grow career-wise. And then people start to make open source like a thing just to help them get a job. And they aren't necessarily doing it because they have the right intentions. Yeah, I think um, I completely agree with that. Um, I think the motivation towards open source has changed quite a lot in the past decade where uh, people started contributing to open source in the early days for, you know, helping out the community, writing code together, uh, collaboration, and, you know, helping build great software. But right now with um, GitHub profiles becoming, you know, one of the major factors that recruiters see these days, you know, how mm, much work that is done. They're practically resumes. They're, they're practical resumes. 
what do you maintain or how well you have done in your projects how do you communicate in issues so i both agree and disagree on the part agreed is where um, yeah people i think get help um, they shouldn't enter open source just to get a job i have seen many people who, who don't contribute to open source but are still pretty good both in skills and ethical or human wise as well so no i i won't say that open source is the one way that you can get a role or any role for that matter uh, another thing that you mentioned i i think i'm forgetting um about uh, that uh, open source can be you know people start suggesting that open source can be a good way to get a job i don't agree on that because some people do start with that motivation and like you said open source is a really big really huge investment that you are making and you know just a month or two of open source contributing if people are doing just for job they won't see a you know a huge rise in offers or something open source helps you become better and become better is become better human being become a better person who communicates online well or presents itself well i think open source helps you a lot with soft skills that you really need in a job collaboration uh, team play working together uh, working on issues you know solving out or tri- triaging issues even where you mm. where students can where where i really recommend it to students because students can get real life working experience from working on open source only so th- that that's and you have an open source project right is is it alias is that how you pronounce it oh right so um yeah that that's our community so i'm still in college it's my last year it's actually the last month mm. of college now and uh, yeah alias is something that a group of people we started out alias in 2016 right at the first year and our mentors were you know very gracious to have have that um, wisdom of imparting us good knowledge about you know contributing to open source for the right reasons and yeah that's so nice so uh, and i i say it to all the people that are listening as well contribute to open source for the right reason and good things will come to you as in uh, you cannot expect uh, 6 or 5 or 6 months of open source can lead to something you can only wish for good things but you cannot expect it i guess that that's the very small difference that people forget while contributing to open source i w- i would say if um, you know if people can get their hopes or motivations right if they can lower down a bit i think open source would you know really bloom out really well because um, i think it's a lot of um, a lot of toxic environment is trying to be built around it people are coming in for a lot of you know just motivation to get a job and i think that does not work right in the long term because people often get demotivated then because they didn't feel a very good improvement and with alias what we are trying to build is it's a community in our college it's about 500 members strong and what we are trying to build is you know people uh, trying to work together and you know contribute to open source in the right way and we focus a lot on ethical background where people if they are contributing if they are going in for gsoc as well if they are going it for programs like outreach or gsoc they are going in the programs with the right motivation and the right mindset and yeah that that's what alias has been all around um alias has given me so many opportunities to grow as well so uh, one of the hackathons yeah that's that what i, I love about community you know yeah. just like 
putting in a lot and then also just getting so much growth from your interactions your engagement and it's 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 very wholesome it's a very nice feeling right as in yeah communities have helped out a lot i would um even in the blog that i was uh, telling you about like uh, the blog that i write about acknowledgementations i think the biggest chunk of content is about community only because everyone that has helped me come as in comes from community only uh, is it online communities like pydelly or ilgd or alias or pyladies even where i have met so many great people that has helped me that have given me advice that i've worked with that i've collaborated with on several projects and several tasks uh, it has really helped me you know become a better person both technically as well as social as a human being and i think that really helps out a lot where um, your personal growth and your professional growth both are being taken care of yeah and this so and 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 it's like just such a nice i don't know if i can call it a symbiotic relationship where like you know everyone just everyone just get something out of it i mean there's a, of course there's like there's like a right way to do it and being like uh, some sort of community manager mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of deliberate action that goes into making it work like that mm-hmm. but once you get that formula right it's amazing but hey i mean we can talk forever about community freelancing remote jobs <laughs> and all that stuff but i mean it's it's been great talking to you is there anything that you can leave anyone listening with right um i i usually have a quote in mind i guess um but yeah yeah I, please I, I, I <laughs> please have, tell us i have something um, that i really like from my favorite show that's the office and no <laughs> oh, i love uh, the office also yeah, okay yes so that's with it michael michael has this saying that once they sell their company the Michael Scott paper company um Michael has this quote like you miss uh, it goes something like this like you miss 100 short you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take and yeah that, that's my motto i guess um if you do not try and if you do not you know if you do not fail at something you never know what you are good at and what you are bad at so getting a role getting a freelancer task or getting anything getting starting with a community starting your own community I think uh, there is a lot of experimentation involved. Um, you have to really be open to yourself, open to change. Um, if something is not working out, you can swap out that part, and you can uh, make yourself better at that thing. I think um, that's what I feel. You know, uh, something Michael and I have in common, where you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and that's what I absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. It's been great chatting with you, Vivo. Thanks for coming on. What what where can we find you online? I think we'll put like a link to the Mixer site. Mm-hmm. Uh and I don't know what's your what's what's your Twitter, what's your right. Instagram, what so, what do you do? Um I when I started on Mixer, I thought like yeah, if the name is so good, let's have the name everywhere. So, um I am available all over the web as vipulgupta2048. So it's the name, and then just two zero four eight, and yeah, it's. I think so, it's only so I was wondering, the two zero four eight is that is that is that because of the game? Yeah, I have been asked this a lot, and it's not because of the game. I I really don't like the game, so um, I had this thing like I had the username as two fifty six like uh, previously, but that site got hacked, 
and uh, now that username is not really available so i i went to the next number that i really like is 2048 and that was before the game so everyone that who asked me about this is all, almost always is like yeah do you like the game and i ne- never really understood the game and yeah 2048 i love the game it's, 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 <laughs> it's a very nice thing to waste your time with True. but anyways like i said we can continue the whole day but thank you for thanks for coming on and I'll see everybody next time. Later. Thank you for listening to Rushing Forward. Tweet us your comments and suggestions at Malgamvs, M-A-L-G-A-M-V-E-S, and at CodecastZM.